welcome to the DC Beer Show. Everybody, we are at DC Beer across social media. Mike Stein, what's in your Stein? In my tulip tonight, not to be confused with the Belgian beer, which just saw 19 people knighted for the first time ever in the United States of America. I'm drinking Black Narrows Brewing Company's Salts. This is a beer that is very near and dear to my heart. It's a tart wheat ale with oysters, lemony notes of brine and marsh. 4.4% ABV, so it's right in that sweet spot for me. Um, we have Black Narrows Brewing Company on the show tonight, so it's very appropriate. Brandy, what's in your stein, or what were you imbibing today, yesterday, over the weekend? I didn't imbibe today because my body really needed a break from the weekend. Um, I had a lot of lovely alcohols this weekend. Saturday was the second Women's Brew Culture Club event at Lost Generation, and and gave us this really neat flight of um, some of their beers, and not necessarily that their core beers. You know, we had Grave Shift, but we had um, the newest beer that was dropped actually on Tuesday, or Thursday, rather, the, what was it called? Tiger, Tiger something? Tiger Spirit? Tiger Spirit. Yeah, that was very fun. Yeah, Anne told us all about that. It was really cool. Um, it's a really well-balanced beer. I'm into it. Yeah, so I think that was one of my highlights, other than uh, going to Don Ticcio and, and District Made on Saturday. So I drank at home yesterday. So I didn't leave my house, thank God. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Mr. Jordan, hi. What's what you drinking? Aloha. I'm drinking a heavier beer tonight, uh, as is my prerogative, a triple India pale ale, an IPA. Let me go, folks, from Trillium. Uh, the name of this one is The Streets. I really do appreciate what they do with their map. They do like a lot of different maps of Boston and uh, other suburbs of Massachusetts, and I think it's really cool. Yes, delicious beer. Obviously, it's pretty heavy, but it's not as booze as one might expect being at 10%. But uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's it's, uh, it's been a beautiful week thus far. Finally, spring seems to be springing, uh, and it's no longer cold and gloomy in the D.C. area. But uh, Jake, what are you drinking? I have here uh, a lovely double-decocted Czech-style dark lager from Jailbreak Brewing out in Laurel. You know, just over uh, 5%, so... A nice spring-summer day here, but the lights go out, the beer gets a little bit darker. Nice, easy drinking, well-put-together Czech-style lager. Been a little bit of turnover recently at Jailbreak, but the lagers are still on point. And uh, Rob Fink and new head brewer Dean X-Union are going to keep a lot of that barley wine flowing. And so, stay tuned. Big things on the horizon. Speaking of big things... Upcoming events. Yeah. So a lot of things to look forward to. We have the Brett Party Tasting uh, with Denizens. It'll be at Craft Beer Cellar on May 18th. So, you know, shout out to Erica. Shout out to everything that the folks Denizens are, are, are putting out. Uh, I've definitely been enjoying their beers, obviously, across both locations, Riverdale and Silver Spring location. But they'll be doing a tasting at the Craft Beer Cellar. So definitely stop in off 8th Street. Show Denizens and Erica some love. Um, after that, there is the Brewworks Festivals at the Workhouse Art Center. That's May 20th. So, again, those spring events are starting to come in really heavy. And, Jake, we'll do a little alley-oop for you. 
there's a beer and cheese pairing with paste and rind. Was there a song that you had about that? Yeah, all I was uh, saying is that maybe there, there ain't nothing wrong with a little bit of paste and rind. Just That's a little all. bit of paste and rind. Just a little, just a little, just bit, a little bit of paste and rind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so paste and rind, it'll be at Craft Beer Cellar as well on May 24th. And just in between that, obviously, if you want to see me, it's just come to my neighborhood beer factory. You can obviously pop in at Silver Branch in Silver Spring for their Coast Fest uh, happening May 19th through the 21st. So a lot of happenings happening in and around Silver Spring and in D.C. For those that are listening and you didn't hear your event, definitely just submit your event on our DCBear.com. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And we want to support you, if not just show up and just have beers and, and just celebrate whatever you got to celebrate. Yeah, those are the events I'm, I'm looking at. Uh, what are you guys checking out? Well, actually, coming up sooner than those awesome events that you just mentioned, it's Mother's Day this weekend slash, you know, Mother's Day spring things. So I have two things on my radar. Uh, other half is having yet another pop-up market. There's going to be a bunch of vendors there. Cool jewelry, art, vintage, uh, and of course, you know, even if you don't buy anything, which you should, um, I might guilt you into doing that, then uh, they will have beer. So there's beer. Also happening that day, if you want to leave the district and head to Frederick, uh, it is the Maryland Craft Brew Beer Festival in Frederick, which is always so, so, so fun. We, we had a bus last year. But we did not do all that this year. Uh, maybe maybe again in the future. And then it's also Mother's Day on the 14th. So if you, there's tons of Mother's Day events. But I know Streetcar 82 is having this mariachi and Mother's Day event. Uh, they're having like a really cool food truck and a mariachi band. Um, and of course, Streetcar 82 beer. So go check out, go support Mark and Amy. Because I, you know, I love those. I love those guys. Uh, and that sounds like a cool event. This weekend is our dear, dear friends, Mike Lestort's birthday. And you may not know Mike Lestort. Mike Lestort is the D.C. homebrew president. Uh, we all adore Mike. So happy birthday to our friend and fantastic homebrewer, pizza maker, and home mixologist. So love you, Mike. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of Mike Lestort and D.C. homebrewers, we wanted to announce the 2023 Homebrew Entry Guidelines for Pizzeria Paradiso's Homebrew Competition. You have to be 21 years of age to participate, but if you are brewing a cracking Whitbeer, Kolsch Pilsner, Schwarzbier, Meritzen, Hefeweizen, or Festbier, no lower than 4%, no stronger than 7%, you could be the first place winner. What happens if you're the first place winner? You get to work with Denizen's Brewing Company, on scaling up your recipe to be poured on draft across all Pizzeria Paradiso locations. Winners will be chosen based on the judges' panel, special judging of the beers the week of July 17th. And they're asking that everybody uh, get your entries in by the end of this month, by May 31st. Um, you can check out DC Homebrewers or Pizzeria Paradiso across social media links to get a bit more, but it's a really great opportunity if you are a home brewer to enter your beer into contest to be scaled up to commercial beer. What else are we excited about coming down the pike? Well, most of my friends are home brewers and some of them still home brew and some of them moved on to open their own brewery. 
regardless, we want to love everybody and give shout outs, but we especially want to give three very, very special shout outs to our Patreon upper tier members. Mr. Thor Chastin, Bill Debon, DC Beer OG, OG DC Beer guy, and Justin Brody. So Justin, Justin has some cool stuff coming down the pike too. Uh, so we're we're excited about about Justin. Um, oh and, yeah! And uh, all these people always come to our beer share. So which is coming up on the twenty first. So make sure you don't miss that. How does one find out about our beer shares? Well, you just have to subscribe to our once a month newsletter. It's not that hard, guys, <laughs> and you'll get to know all kinds of cool things. Um, and if you would like to be one of our cool Patreon members, it's super easy. Just go to dcbeer.com and go find our Patreon information. You get some really cool uh, discounts at local places and shout out from us. And just like, you're cool because you're a member of DC Beer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jake, what else is going on? I feel like I've missed something. We've got a collaboration between IMP, the good folks at the Anthem, Merriweather, the 930 Club, et al., and DC Brow. Uh, There are going to be two beers. One is a Fruit Forward IPA, and I can't tell you much about that one yet. The other one is a Czech-style Pilsner, and we're going to be all over that. It was very cool of them to announce that like two days after I was at the Lydia Loveless Drive-By Trucker Show at the 930 Club. Uh, thanks, Brandon and the DC Brow team for, you know, debuting that beer 48 hours after I had already left 930. Good looking out. <laughs> uh, anyway, a cold brow pills is always a nice thing. Be on the lookout for those Pride Pills cans coming soon, too. But a Czech-style Pills, yes. A uh, little bit more of that sazy, zotsy, grassy hop bite. Um, this is something I could get into during a show. That's going to be yeah. a very, very nice thing. Yeah. I remember an Oktoberfest years ago at DC Brow where they had an oompa band, a German oompa band, and they kept saying, Welcome, DC boy! And now you can say Nazdravi, as they say in the Czech Republic, as you toast your IMP Pilsner or your IPA. Um, we know IMP is a, a DC institution, and we're so glad that the other DC institution, DC Brow Brewing, uh, has teamed up with them. So good on you, friends. Before I say good night to everybody or good day, um, make sure you uh, check out our our interviews for our podcast because tonight. We have a really cool guest, and I'll I'll let you guys introduce him. But uh, we also coming down at the end of the month. We have two awesome female guests, and uh, it's like just piggybacking off of all of the cool women's brew cultures club events that we're doing. So, Bonnie at Wheatland Spring is hosting our women's cult- brew culture club on Land Beer Fest Day. So and she's exciting. giving all of our, the women, the the group, uh, steeply discounted tickets. So if you want to join, you really, really should. It's great. And you guys should have, you should buy your tickets sooner rather than later because the Land Beer Fest is always wildly popular and sells out. So um, make sure you you check that out. But who uh, who's our guest? Who's our guest on the show today? Our guest in the show today is 
the former executive chef at Evening Star Cafe, a former brewer at Blue Jackets, and the current co-owner, head brewer, proprietor of Chickatee's very own Black Narrows Brewing, Mike Stein. Please take it away with our very good friend, Josh Chapman. Thanks, DC Beer Crew. I am here with Josh Chapman, co-founder and head brewer at Black Narrows Brewing Company. Josh, welcome to the DC Beer Show. Thank you, Michael. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. It's great to see you again. Saw you last week at the the brew shop in Arlington. What a wonderful little tasting that was. Um, It's a fantastic spot. I'd say thanks for the free beer, but I brought home a four-pack of how about it? And salts, uh, your, well, corn lager, yeah. <laughs> your corn lager and your goza. So, you know, the beer was free. Uh, and then I invested, <laughs> the four packs were not. <laughs> I invested ever so little bit of real coin into, uh, into the brewery and the brew shop. Um, so Josh, tell us about Black Narrows Brewing Company. You are in Virginia. You're doing a lot for Virginia with Virginia agriculture, but backing up, tell us about Black Narrows Brewing Company. You know, where are you? What to expect if people want to visit you? So Black Narrows um, is the, I say fruition, but obviously we're only five years old now as of uh, New Year's Eve of a lot of different career paths that I've had. I was a pastor and then a chef and now a brewer. So not your typical pathway to opening a brewery. However, I think it makes total sense, especially when it comes to the beers that we brew. So I grew up in the D.C. Nova area, uh, ended up cooking actually at Evening Star Cafe in Del Rey, part of Neighborhood Restaurant Group, and was a huge craft beer guy, which is how I found my way into Neighborhood Restaurant Group restaurants in the first place. When I found out they had Blue Jacket that was about to open, I begged Barlow and stole my way onto that team and was fortunate enough to be there for opening and uh, moving forward, ended up being uh, the head brewer there for a bit, but always had Chickadee on the mind. It was a place that we came to on vacation uh, when I was a kid. Uh, when I became an adult, uh, my wife and I, we were dating in the time. We came on a row. We, like, she fell in love with it. We ended up getting married on the beach there 16 years ago, 17 actually, this June. So it's always been a part of our lives. And it's such a quick drive from D.C. You get on 50, you head east towards Ocean City, take a quick ride on 13, going south, and you're in Shinty. So when we opened it, especially coming from NRG and Blue Jacket and something was much more vision and flavor first i always wanted to brew based off of what i was taught in the kitchen which was find the best local ingredients in season do the least to them and you have the best food and beer is an agricultural product it should be no different right sometimes it is um but i'm hoping and we see there's ten thousand breweries in america now it's increasingly more and more places like us Wheatland, Landmade, uh, you, you see in every region more of these kinds of things popping up. And that was the heart that we opened Black Narrows with was the Eastern Shore of Virginia specifically uh, and Chicoteague even in particular were so important to us. Uh, we were the very first brewery to open on the Eastern Shore of Virginia and we wanted to set the bar of this is what local beer should look like, not just beer made locally because there is a specific difference. So uh, when you come out to Black Narrows, I think that's what you're going to be struck with, right? Something that embodies the islands that embodies the eastern shore all of our grain are all is is always 100 virginia grown and malted barley courtesy of jeff down in murphy and ruth malt house uh, tons of local hops local yeast local fruits veg subaquatic vegetation uh, anything we can get uh, that within season can help us express a sense of time and place help us uplift farmers aqua farmers 
local artisans and makers, it's the best part of craft brewing for me because beer is a living product. And as a brewer, it's fantastic to be a part of it. But the community around it that both grows it and then supports it is also a living uh, community. And to be a part of that is is also incredible. So You mentioned Landmade uh, Brewing Company in Maryland and Wheatland Springs, a farm brewery in Virginia. These are very much uh, like-minded breweries who really want to support local ingredients. They're not just a local brewery, meaning close to where you live, work or play, et cetera. They are using local agriculture to boost up their beer, to add value, I guess you could say, another selling point for them. But in addition, using ingredients that really are grown, in some cases down the road, in the field next to the brewery, whatever it be. I read that um, 83% of your ingredients are local, or it sounds now like 100% of your malt is local. <laughs> yes. I, I'm staring, of course, our, our listeners can't see, but you have a beautiful can with a beautiful red, you know, maroon with bright amber and copper highlights, a corn cob on there with, with you know, the husks around it. Tell us about that corn. What is that? Why is it special? And, and what are you hoping to do with it? So we've got... Two beers that kind of, for us, represent the brewery and the Eastern Shore of Virginia, our land and waters, which we just actually had emblazoned on the side of the brewery in a mural because uh, from our fantastic artist, Jess Batista, who does all of our labels and stuff. Um, but the land side of that for us is this awesome Bloody Butcher corn. Uh, it's something that is known kind of in Virginia and the Appalachian states. It's been grown for us on the shore since the 1870s. Um, and like so many heirloom things, it's taken the sacrifice and the passion of a few people to continue its legacy generation after generation. Uh, Bill and Bob Savage were two of those folks for us. They saved this corn from extinction just like its predecessors did about 30 years ago. They were the only existing mall in the Eastern Shore of Virginia uh, at the time, and they've been growing it ever since. We had a great relationship with them. And this actually year... They We connected with Jeff at Murphy and Rood, and we harvested the bunch. He's malting it, but this is their last season growing it. And the fantastic thing is, because of relationship, because of the vision that we have, the vision that they had, uh, and this like-minded community that we have among growers and creators, they have trained us and given us seed. And now this season, uh, actually later this week, we'll be planting this new legacy of Bloody Butcher just up the road with one of our really good friends, Aaron Cooper of Cutfresh Organics, so that we can continue the tradition of this bloody bush around the eastern shore of Virginia. And it's neat because every generation kind of imparts its own care and its own passion. So Aaron is an 11th generation farmer, which is kind of insane on its face. But he's the generation that has now transitioned as of this June, all 425 acres of his family's land to organic. So not only is Bloody Butcher amazing in general, fantastic on the shore, we get to continue the legacy, but we get to impart new knowledge, new care, and new passion to it by imparting organic practices, regenerative practices, which I think is just a fantastic way to continue its life. So that's wonderful. Um, There you go. Oh, that's so so pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i love it i love it well a little i'd can ask, crack for you i'd ask you what you're drinking but i can see it's how about it uh there the wonderful go. corn lager with with bloody butcher grits um and i have to say having had this beer now for several years i really think it's tasting better uh than it ever has i know it's undergone uh some updates in terms of the can 
you know, the, the label used to look different. Now you've got a new label, I think, coming down the pike. What, uh, what is remarkable about this beer outside of the new label? Is it, is it an award-winning beer? Can, can we say that? It is indeed. So it is now a 2023 Good Food Award-winning beer. Uh, Good Food Awards for me is something that I was a part of pursuing when we were at Blue Jacket. We won a couple of awards doing it, and it embodies a lot of what we got into the business for. And it's, it's tying the quality of the product to the care and the ethos of the product. As a chef, I didn't brew a lot to style when I first started, and style was fantastic, don't get me wrong, but craft beer was a values-based proposition from the beginning. And from a quality and, and differential product standpoint, sure, but if the values from a local community aspect didn't follow, and for me, if the values from a local agriculture prospect didn't follow, then it feels like we were only getting maybe halfway there. So what the Good Food Awards does that I'm really um, stoked about is that they tie the the ethos of locality, ecology, uh, community focus to the quality of the product because they recognize that, like, listen, your stuff could taste fantastic, but if it doesn't do fantastic things, how good is it really in the long run? And I think the more that we can all, in whatever industry or, or location that we're in, focus on that, focus on, but what's the end game of this thing in the first place? Uh, the better we're all going to be on 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 the end of this. So uh, it was fantastic to to get the award, especially for um, for how about it, because it does represent so much of what uh, we do at the brewery. And the neat thing is, because there is no style separation within the Good Food Awards when it comes to the beer category, you have our humble corn lager going against IPAs and barrel aged stouts and fruited sours and all these things. So for it to stand out for me really is a testament to why local beer matters because it tastes this good because we have fantastic relationships with the people that pour their hearts and souls into the ingredients that make a very simple beer taste exceptional. Jeff at Murphy and Rude, who is one of the most fantastic maltsters I've ever known. I've had malt show up in the dock warm from, you know, the kiln <laughs> from him. And it's just been incredible, let alone uh, the guys growing the corn and, and the hops. So, yeah. Yeah, it's remarkable the best quality, freshest local in-season ingredients. And that really is, to me, what what sets your beer apart. And I'll say just really quickly on the good, the good food, uh, the beer category, which is hilarious to me, is that you went up against some really already award-winning brewers from, uh, let's say, California with some of these world-class uh, sour mixed fermentation beers. And yep. they might not be in the Napa Valley, but they're close. So they have access to, you know, French wine casks that are, according to the <laughs> wine judges of the world, as good as a French wine. And it's like, I never once took a sip of your beer was like, you know what? This could use more Napa, French, tannin. <laughs> oh, there isn't enough French uh, cask care. And it's, it's remarkable. You've done what grows well, agriculturally does well in your area and applied that to beer. So good on you for doing that. Um, if listeners want to try your product in DC, DC metro region, where should they go or, or, you know, what bars, restaurants, bottle shops, wine shops should they look at? So you brought up the brew shop in Arlington. They're yeah. fantastic. They always carry all their stuff and they're some of the most knowledgeable and wonderful people um, mm. that you can, that you can know. Um, obviously Erica and the crew at CBC. Yes. Craft, uh, craft beer, beer seller. seller and Dale seller. I mean, just, um, 
I am inspired by them, by what they do, by how they lead beyond just the interior of their space, but um, especially when it comes to the values and ethos of how we should treat human beings in general yeah. and use beer to do so. Really, really fantastic. Uh, if, if folks don't know about their basically statement of belief that they put out that, hey, if you want to send beer to us, you need to adhere to and say that you commit to these beliefs and values about yeah. what makes a human being valuable. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's the sort of leverage, right, um, that I think is just fantastic and really gutsy for spots to use. Uh-huh. And they uh-huh. do it, and it yeah. only makes them better. Um, yeah. So they're amazing. Um, spots like the Red Hen, Carius, Oyster Oyster, yeah. oh, Rob, yeah. um, Rob Bravo. We actually have a, a second collab. Uh, we did one a, a couple of years ago, and we're just getting ready to tap a second collab with him. But again, speaking of like-mindedness, um, just an incredible guy, all, all right. about sustainability and local yeah. local ag, local aquaculture. So yeah. those are certainly some places that I would say the the space matches the intent yeah. that would be fun to enjoy uh, getting or enjoying our beers at. So Yeah. Oyster, oyster, they're red hot right now. <laughs> <laughs> they are so hot. Uh, yes. Good on um, Rob. It, good it, on, well deserved. Good on you. Slow food, good food. Those creating quality meals with quality ingredients. What's coming down the pike? I know that in the fall we have the October Forest Fest. Tell folks who might not know about October Forest Fest what that is, what the goal of it is, and how you see it going. So October Forest Fest is um, something I feel really blessed to be a part of because the Nature Conservancy has obviously for decades on decades done incredible work. When we were looking at some beers to do early on with the brewery. I had been actually piloting local pine beer, uh, kind of West Coast IPA adjacent. Lava Lolly grows, you know, all around the island. And I'd kind of presumed, obviously, it was a, a local pine, but I wanted to know for sure what was around. So when I started searching the internet, I found uh, an article, I think, by Gardening Gun about longleaf pine yeah. and the Nature Conservancy and how it was basically the timber that built America uh, and how it had almost gone extinct in Virginia almost a little more than 30 years ago at this point. But the Nature Conservancy found 200 remaining trees, saved it, and has been building it back ever since. Uh, and within that, there's the red cacated woodpecker, yeah. which, you know, nests in old dead, uh, specifically longleaf pine trees. And we'd almost lost that in Virginia and, you know, all uh. sorts of different keystone species. Anyway, so saw that article, thought, man, this would be really cool to brew with if they don't mind us stealing some needles and, and branches. So reached out to some local folks on shore. They connected us with uh, TNC Virginia in a, in a larger way. And next thing you know, my entire family is on gators just barreling through the brush of the Piney Grove Preserve <laughs> just as head of Richmond uh, uh-huh. with our, at that time, one-year-old, um, uh-huh. Ethel May, who was just bouncing all over in Jen's arms, my wife. And uh, that was terrifying for for Jen. Um, exhilarating for Ethel, who turns five tomorrow, actually. So she's uh-huh. still alive. So we brewed that beer ever since. It's been like a family tradition. And the more we've done it, the more it's gained momentum. And for us, again, we've thought, how do we parlay that momentum into something more? So last year, um, I had the, it ended up being a good idea, uh, but it felt a little insane at the time, to get some other like-minded breweries and blind date them, basically, with yeah. other Nature Conservancy uh, management uh, landscapes throughout the state and say, hey, go 
hang out with these folks, figure out an, uh, an ingredient that's iconic to the landscape that we can brew some beer with and then showcase what happens there and bring it back to the, to the island. We ended up um, doing a mix fact four pack actually that you could yeah. taste through basically all four, uh, three corners in the center of Virginia, the lowest and highest elevations in Virginia. It was literally a taste of the Commonwealth with the Nature Conservancy and these, these four breweries. And we tapped them on site and whatever. So it, it was a lot to pull off and we did it. And uh, we're so excited to say that we're going to do it again this year. Um, and most likely we'll actually have some extra guest breweries pouring that'll be pouring very Virginia focused beers as well. And we're hoping um, that we can kind of leverage all of this momentum to start gaining some traction with let's start to do some festivals around literally tasting Virginia in Virginia beer with Virginia, you know, agricultures with, uh, with, with inputs, with Virginia, uh, nature conservancy teams. So yeah, we're really excited about that. That'll be September 30th, the last Saturday in September up on the yeah. Island. Fall on the Island is incredible. So yeah. it's a, it'll be a great time to pop out and try some beers that really showcase what the Commonwealth has to offer. So that's very exciting. So if you haven't set aside September 30th, please do so to reserve the spot for October Forest Fest in the Taste of Virginia. Certainly unique tastes that will be presented there. Josh, any parting words for our listeners before I let you go? Beer made locally is not local beer. Yeah. And I'm not necessarily trying to preach, even though that was a former life of mine. Um, but know what you're getting when you do both things. And I, it's not to put down any other breweries it's just an informative thing um your local ruby tuesdays is a local rest it, it is a restaurant that's local but it's not a local restaurant uh there's a difference and we know that and it's important that i think we start to know the same things about beer and why it matters so um when you look for beer because there's so many choices just to know that there is a difference between beer made locally and local beer well said. Uh, and thank you for the educational component that I think a lot of folks would be beneficial to know. It, it's really not a judgment thing at all. It's just about learning more and learning as much as we uh -huh. can. I've been thrilled that uh, your beers can be both complex and flavorful, yet light, easy drinking, digestible. And I've just seen you chart that path over the last five years, even longer if we take Blue Jacket and, and Brewing <laughs> in Town into account. So. Um, so well done. Happy fifth birthday to Ethel. Happy 17th anniversary to you and your <laughs> wife. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Cheers. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Mike. Uh, we are coming up on beach season, spirit week, and uh, all of that fun stuff where people go to Ocean City. I strongly recommend a little detour south of there to hit Chincoteague. Not just Black Narrows the beer, but also uh, Black Narrows the restaurant, the Oyster House Salts Next Door. Really good stuff. Super cool, super intentional about what they do. Thank you always, Josh. It's always a pleasure to have you back here in the DMV. Just hosted a tasting last, last week. And now on our show. All right, folks. Happy Mother's Day. Parting shots, thoughts. Let's have them. Drink outside. Yeah, ha happy Mother's Day for sure. Definitely drink outside. Definitely stay tuned to all DC beer related events. You can definitely find 
and everything that's going on in, in the district on our website. So subscribe. Like Brandy said, it's not that easy. It's not, excuse me, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. I guess that 10% actually is working. Hey. <laughs> it's rough out here in these streets, Jordan. It's so easy. <laughs> it's so right. <laughs> yes, I please love subscribe. All of you. Yes. The feeling uh, is mutual, Brandy. Come do your stuff with us. Come see us at the share. We have some really exciting stuff we want to share with you. So join us on Patreon. Become a subscriber. We'd love to have your on our list of our three honored guests. We'd love to see you at the DC Beer Share. Sign up. Come see us. Until then, cheers. Cheers. Night, everybody. We are at DC Beer across the socials, and we'll see you there if not in person. We'll see you next time. Topic up.